Uh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. Take your songbook, turn to page 550. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. Page 550. And let's stand together while we sing. Put a smile on your face. It's not as bad as you think. It's worse. <laughs> Sing with me. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that He is living, whatever men may say. I see His hand up. I hear. And just the time I need Him, He's always near. Christ Jesus lives today. He walked. A long life never wait. Salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lived. He within my heart. Can't you all hit high notes early in the morning? We can do better than that. Let's try that second verse. Here we go. In all the world around me, I see his loving care. And though my heart grows weak. The day of his appearing, he lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. Salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. Rejoice, rejoice, so Christ. Seek him the help of all who cry. None so loving, so good and kind. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives. Salvation to impart. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because no.
is. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for this day. Bless each speaker this morning. Fill them with your Holy Spirit, the words you want them to say. Be with us, Lord. Help us to have open minds. This day for your honor and for your glory. We love you today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you. 
morning. We are so glad that you're here with us this morning. For our first speaker, let us call Pastor Chuck Harrell. We are so glad that God gave them traveling mercy from the Philippines, Brother Limuel and Brother Kervin. Let's give them a hand. Well, thank the Lord this morning for another opportunity to be here in this conference. It's been a blessing to me and an encouragement. I pray it has for you. Appreciate the singing. Appreciate Brother Harney. What a blessing he is. Encouragement. Thank you for him and the students singing. And it's been a great blessing. If you have your Bible this morning, turn to the book of Jeremiah. The book of Jeremiah, chapter number 38. Jeremiah, chapter number 38. Dan Lamb, Pastor Lamb, has done a tremendous job these last Services preaching on Elijah, talking about how to get through the tough days, challenging preachers. And it's amazing that I listened to him uh, preach and what an encouragement and a help was to us of, about how to get through the tough days. The Lord laid on my heart this message before I came up about Jeremiah and uh, along the same lines. And when you think about Bible characters and you do a study on Bible characters, you find out that. God allowed many of them to go through some very tough times. We're studying on Sunday mornings through the book of Job, and it's amazing when you think about what some uh, men have went through, uh, men of God, and stood strong, and it's a help and an encouragement to us as believers. And I pray it be today, because we do have tough days, and as a child of God, we've got to realize that this life is definitely not easy, although God promises He'll never leave us or forsake us. He's always going to be with us and encourage us and be there to hold us up, but uh, it doesn't take away the trials and difficulties that we face. And as we look at the book of Jeremiah and think about his life, and I'm, I'm sure that here this morning he's very familiar to most of you here, but Jeremiah appeared on the scene in one of Israel's darkest hours. And God raised him up to use him there. He, he had for 40 years faithfully served God by preaching a very unpopular message. And no one wanted to hear and no one wanted to respond to what he was saying. Judah was going to fall into Babylonian captivity and, and he was trying to warn them. Much like preaching in America today, people don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to hear about judgment. They don't want to hear about hell. They don't want to hear about accountability. They don't want to hear those kind of things. And uh, in Jeremiah's day, it was much more intense than that. And uh, the leaders tried to shut him up and to tell him he could not uh, speak about these things. When, when Zedekiah... Ask, uh, ask Jeremiah to inquire of the Lord uh, about the future. Jeremiah had a, a very bleak picture, and he told them that they were going to go into captivity and that, that God was going to punish them. And, and he said, here's what God said. I have set my face against this city forever and not for good, saith the Lord. It shall be given into the land, hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall burn up with fire. So you can imagine, obviously, what, how that message was received. They did not want to hear the truth, and, and <clears throat> he understood uh, that the punishment was coming. The leaders didn't want to hear that. They considered Jeremiah a traitor because they, he had prophesied this truth from God. He was just telling the truth, uh, but they didn't want to hear the truth. They didn't want to hear what the Word of God said. The king had him locked up in prison, and the leader Jehoiakim cut up the Word of God with a penknife and threw it in the fire. 
They didn't want to hear what God had to say. They didn't want to hear about what God said was going to happen uh, to Judah and, and to Jerusalem over these years. But, but he, when he prophesied this doom and this captivity coming up on uh, God's people or upon these people, God strengthened him. Uh, because he had a great job ahead of him, and they, they wanted him put to death. They wanted him punished because he had preached the truth. And so in our text this morning, beginning in chapter 38 and verse 6, we pick it up. Here it says, uh, they took Jeremiah, and they cast him into the dungeon, Malchal, the son of Hamelech, that was in the court of the prison. And they let, him, and they let down Jeremiah with cords. And in the dungeon there was no water but mire. So Jeremiah sunk in the mire. Now when Ebed-Melech, Ethiopian, one of the eunuchs which was in the king's house, heard that they had put Jeremiah in the dungeon, the king then sitting in the gate of Benjamin, Ebed-Melech, which went forth out of the king's house, spake to the king, saying, My lord, the king, these men have done evil in that they have done to Jeremiah the prophet, whom they have cast into the dungeon. And he is like to die for hunger in the place where he is, for there is no bread in the city. Then the king commanded Ebed-Melech the Ethiopian, saying, Take from hence thirty men with thee, and take Jeremiah the prophet out of the dungeon before he die. So Ebed-Melech took the men with him, and he went into the house of the king, under the treasury, and took thence old cast clouts and iron rotten rags, and, and let them down by cords into the dungeon to Jeremiah. <clears throat> and Ebed-Melech the Ethiopian said to Jeremiah, Put now these old cast clouts and rotten rags under thy armholes, under the cords, and Jeremiah did so. So they drew up Jeremiah with the cords and took him up out of the dungeon, and Jeremiah remained in the court of the prison. Jeremiah had been through a lot. He endured opposition to the word. He endured imprisonment. He had been mocked many times. He was in the valley. And he had been to the place many times in his 40 years of suffering and being rejected and his message not being received. And at one point, he came to this point in his life when he said, I will not make mention of him. In other words, I'm not saying anything else about what God said for me to say. I'm going to speak any more in his name. So he got to that place in his life where he said, no one's receiving my message. No one wants to hear me. I've been beaten. I've been in prison. I've been rejected. I'll just be quiet. But the word was in my heart as a burning fire. Shut up in my bones, and I was weary for forbearing, and I could not stay. Jeremiah realized he could not be quiet. He could not keep from prophesying what God had told him. And even in this valley, even in the darkest days of his life, he was, he was there lower than he'd ever been. Now, Jeremiah had been in the valley. He had been... Uh, in prison. He'd been in some tough situations, but this morning I want you to see this. Jeremiah was lower than he'd ever been. He was sunk in the mire. He was stuck there in the mire, and we see many valleys in the Bible. We see men in the valley of decision. We see men in the valley of the giants. We see men in the valley of death, and we see men in the, in the valley uh, walking in 
terrible times and in, in great distress. But here you see this. He is stuck in the mire. He's lower than he's ever been. And this morning, I feel like God would have me to preach this message. There could be somebody here today that's stuck in the mire. You know, it's one thing to be a little bit discouraged. It's one thing to have a bad day. We say, well, how's your day? It's not going good. And people may be talking about something pretty small. They may be talking about waking up in the morning and realize there's no coffee grounds to make a pot of coffee. And it starts a bad day. We're not talking about that today. We're talking about... Uh, being as low as you can be. And listen, it happens. Every day, men walk away from the ministry. Every day, Christians make bad decisions and walk away from God and say, I'm just not serving Him any longer. They make the wrong decisions because many of them are stuck in the mire. They're sunk so low that they don't see any hope. And here we see that, that his mind was almost overcome. He finally comes to the place that, well, I'll just be quiet. I just won't speak. I just won't talk about him anymore. But down in his heart, in his bones, he knew that that couldn't be the case. He had to serve God. He had been faithful over these circumstances, and he had been in the valleys, and he had overcome those things. But now, nothing like this had ever come his way. He was in a low place, and as we just read about that, it was in a dark, wet, and a dangerous dungeon. There was no food, no water, no light, and he was sunk down in that mire and he would have died there and he was going through this time he knew he was likely to die and his former thinking about this thing no doubt came back to him and the thought had come to him what am I going to do what am I going to do now in this situation and he thought about those people laughing and mocking and rejecting now listen Satan has a way he wants to discourage us he has a way of discouraging us. He works on people's minds and discouraging them. And people are very easily offended when you're walking in the flesh and not in the spirit. You have to allow these things to be taken care of by God. And in Jeremiah's flesh, no doubt, he was, he was very weak. And, and they had, they had, Satan wants to attack us on this battleground, a battle of the mind. He wants to sink us into the mire in our mind. No one really cares. Even today, you think about that, and I know it's a little extreme to compare these days, what Jeremiah was going through to today, but we're living in a day today when uh, preachers are trying to preach the Word of God and sticking with the truth of the Word of God. It's not very acceptable, and it's not being received, and people don't want to hear it. And people even laugh and mock today of, of those who still believe that this Bible is the Word of God. It's inspired and inerrant and infallible and stick by the truth of the word of God. We're being mocked and rejected today and people are flocking to great large gatherings where the Bible's been cast out and is praise and worship and get away from God. And so today, it can be tough in your mind to get to the point of when things aren't going right and there's preachers out here trying to make it and trying to build churches with a small congregation and trying to and see God work to stick with the word of God in the old way and it's being rejected and rejected. So I want to encourage you this morning, don't let Satan work on your mind. Our flesh will defeat us. It will defeat us if we don't settle in our hearts that, that God is in control of our life and we're going to do what God's asked us to do. Paul said this to the Philippian church in chapter number 2 and verse 5, Let this mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus. 
You know, he's the mind he wants us to have. When we're <clears throat> when our affections are set on things above, we draw strength from those things and not the things of the world. There's a lot of discouraging things in the world today. You can watch the news on a regular basis and become very discouraged about what's going on in the world today, but we've got to set our affections on things on high. We've got to look <clears throat> on, on the things that God wants us to see and not allow ourselves to be drawn into this. You think about men of God like David who allowed his mind to be drawn away from the things of God and see where he ended up took him down and almost destroyed him and took him in the wrong direction it happens day after day after day in America today when people get their minds we have an RU program in our church on Friday nights and we have several RU students and, and, we, and it's just heartbreaking to see them do well for so many weeks and months of battling with their strongholds and then just in a moment make a wrong decision make a wrong choice take the wrong phone call or get up with the wrong person all of a sudden they're headed down that road of destruction one more time because the battle is the mind, making those right decisions. And, you know, I think the discouraging thing can be as a believer is the fact that it never ends. Dr. Lamb made that statement last night, and it, and it really hit me as, as being a, a very profound statement. It doesn't get easier when you get older. You know, you think after I've, after I've preached and pastored and lived as a Christian for all these years, it ought to be easy. It ought to be easier as you get, but it never gets easier. As long as we're in this life, as long as we're in this body of flesh, as long as we're in this battle, Satan is never going to let up. It's day after day after day that we have to be there. So he says this to us in Colossians chapter 3, If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth, for you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. As a child of God this morning, the way to battle discouragement, the way to battle defeat is to not let this world take you in, not, not be pulled in by the discouraging things of this world. Jeremiah had that happen to him when they rejected his truth, when they rejected the prophecy, when they didn't want to hear the truth, they cut up the word of God, thirty him in the dungeon. He, he was very discouraged, but down inside him, it was there. He said, I cannot keep quiet. I cannot keep from proclaiming the truth of the word of God. As a believer today, that's the way we are in this world. Although things around the same to be very discouraging if we set our affections on things above knowing this world is not our home it's we're just passing through here the promises is there think of this inward misery that Jeremiah must have been going through he was sinking down in this dungeon I can't even imagine how horrible that must have been and he must have been thinking when's this going to end you know how when am I going to die how far is this going to go he'd been left there and Ebed-Melech had said to the king, uh, this is going to happen. He's going to die. If someone doesn't do something, he's going to die there in that dungeon. And, and he had to wonder, was anybody going to remember where I am? Anybody going to bring me anything to eat? Are they going to let me die here in this mar? You know, he could not hear or see what was going on. He didn't know what the end was going to be. 
And you know, as a child of God today, we have a promise there. And although you may be sunk in the mire this morning, you may be struggling in your Christian walk. There may be, the Satan may have a full-fledged attack out against you. And you may be sitting here this morning with your shirt and tie on or your Sunday best on today to come to this service. But, and you may look like you're doing well. You may even have a smile on your face. But in the inner man, down in your heart this morning, where, where man makes decisions, that's where the battle is. It's not out here. And we have all done this, but I'm, I'm sure you can relate to that. Someone say, how you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm doing great. You know, well, that's just a comment. It's not really, not really lying about that. You're just getting through. You're just not wanting to tell everybody about everything you're going through, but down inside, although you're smiling, you're shaking hands, and, and you're trying to serve the Lord down inside, there's a battle raging. There's a fire going on. And it may be in your heart this morning. We just recently had a man that had been in our RU program for a long time, had won the battle over his strongholds, doing a great job. But all of a sudden, in a moment, only God knows about, he made some wrong decisions and went the wrong way. It broke my heart. I've been praying for him, encouraged him, trying to help him. We are helping him now. He's back in a rehab center now and back on track. But I have to think about this quite often. How did that happen? Why did it happen? When was that decision made? What kind of decisions led to this place of going from here to there? How, how does that happen? I've thought about that over the years, watching families and watching people sit in church on Sunday. And then the next thing you know, they walk out that door. When's the last, when was going to be the time they walk out the last time and not come back? Because many times it happens. When was that decision made? How long has it been going on? In their heart, only God knows. So this morning, we have to realize it could be going on in anybody's heart today. It could be going on in your heart, in my heart. God only knows that. So we have to understand we've got to come to the Word of God in these, in these tough times and before it gets to the place where we're sunk in the mire as He was. You know, few people realize the, pat, the, the power that the devil has in this battle of the mind. It's there. It's very strong. It's very powerful. And, and Satan, he wants to destroy us. He wants to kill us if he possibly can. He wants to destroy our home, our family, our testimony. He wants to do that which uh, that God would allow him to do. And as a child of God, we've got to keep our defense up all the time. Listen to this in 2 Corinthians chapter number 4 and verse 7. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says that we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. And cast down, but not destroyed. God's there. You know, this battle's going on, and I know this sounds like a negative message and a, a negative thought, but listen, it's reality. Every day of our life as a Christian, we've got to realize it's not always going to be a great day. It's not always going to be a happy day, and that's not always what God wants. Sometimes in the valleys, that's where God wants to lead us. That's where He wants to teach us. That's where He wants to show us what He wants us to understand. And in this life, we can't understand it. We try to figure out our life and understand what's going on, but we can't always figure it out. God takes us step by step 
through these valleys. Two and a half years ago when my wife was diagnosed with cancer, it was a, obviously an emotional blow to both of us, an unexpected blow. And when we found out she was 80% uh, uh, diseased with cancer in her bone marrow, and the doctor sat there in the office and said, you'll have to go out to uh, Vanderbilt University and have a, a transplant. And here I am, pastoring the church, and, and we're very busy in the ministry, going on with our normal everyday life. And he said, now, when you go out there, you'll have to be isolated and stay out there in a, in a, in a room for 40 days. And I know I walked out of the doctor's office that day and thinking, 40 days? How could I do that? 40 days. Just walk away from the ministry and the pastor and the responsibilities. You know what? Even through that valley, God was good. It was a blessing. God had it all worked out. He knew what he was doing. We just didn't. He took us through that valley and took us through that and brought us through on the other side. And, and got through that victory. And through that, I learned many lessons. During those 40 days, I got to, I got to absorb a, a lot of God's Word and reading some good books and spending some time alone with God as she went through this recovery process. God has a plan. It may not be our plan. It may not look like what we want it to look like. But God has a plan for you as a believer this morning. It may seem like a discouraging time in your life. It may seem like you're in, a, in the toughest place you've ever been. But we got the promise of the Word of God this morning. There's hope. There's hope on the other side. So, you know, I want Jeremiah come to this place where his mind was almost gone. But God had a plan for him and he brought him through. Now, so don't be discouraged this morning. Don't retreat from your calling as a Christian soldier. Don't be afraid in the battles. Dr. Lamb talked about Elijah not being afraid. And uh, God gave him the encouragement to go on and be there. You know, the, our mind might be attacked by Satan. The soul may be full of inner misery. But here's what you got to do, and I'm going to close. Expect help from above. That's where it comes from. I've learned this, and I don't mean this to sound wrong or negative, but I, I thank God for many friends and men I have in the ministry and church members, but I've learned this. You can't count on men. And you can't count on me because we're just human. We're finite. And what we want to do sometimes we can't do. What we'd like to do, I'd like to help people sometimes with situations. I'd like to change their circumstances, but I can't. I'm finite. and I'm human and I'm very limited. But I know one that can and you do too this morning if you know him as your personal Savior. The city of Jerusalem has grown more desperate day by day here in Jeremiah's day and when he was in that dungeon. From the siege of Babylon, it had been destroyed and someone was to be blamed. And Jeremiah was the one. Those leaders blamed him for what took place there. God's servant. He was being unfairly judged. They didn't want to hear the truth. They didn't want to accept him and they didn't want to accept the message. But what we ought to realize this morning here, God has his way in our life. And all he wants us to do is just be faithful servants and stand where God wants us to stand. There may be many that abandon the faith. There may be many that turn their back on God and be discouraging and heartbreaking to us. But a lot of things could have ended the old Jeremiah's life there in that dungeon as he was sunk in the mire, the lowest he had ever been. But in all this, in all that was going through, you know, he was in the mire, but God had a plan. And God used an insignificant Ethiopian eunuch to rescue him. God has a plan. It may seem very simple may seem to us and we don't understand it, but we just trust him. Our help 
It's from above. Set your affections on things above and not on the things of the earth. Let's pray for God to send revival. I believe this this morning as sure as I'm alive. God can send revival to our land. I believe it can happen. I believe it can happen again. I don't think it's too late. I don't think the day's passed. We're living in a day today where it seems like some days we're sunk in the mire and we're as low as we've ever been, but there's hope from above. And God said, if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, then I'll hear from heaven and I'll heal their land. I believe he can do it today. And I'm trusting God for revival. Let us pray. Father, thank you today for this prayer conference. Thank you for the Marietta Bible College and Marietta Bible Center Church. I pray for the, this 2019 as, as you lead them through this time. It'll be a great year here at Marietta. I pray you strengthen Pastor Goddard for the work that's before him and his wife and family. We just ask you to strengthen him today. Thank you for this men that will preach today in this conference and those who've already preached. We pray for Dr. Lamb this morning. You strengthen and encourage him today. We just ask you to be with the fellows that will preach after me this morning and just lead and guide us for what you want us to hear and understand from your word today. And we'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name and amen.
522, let's stand together. My Savior's love, I stand amazed in the presence. Page 522. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned unto clean. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. For me it was in the garden he prayed. Is my Savior's love for me? Sing on the fourth verse. Then with the ransomed in glory. Amen. To will be my joy through the ages to see. Sing it now. I'd love to hear you all sing. I'll tell you what. Is this road you're traveling dark, deserted, or dim?
My name is Jennifer. Adam. done my child you finished your race but for now the sun's still rising there's work to still be done while we're waiting for the promise of what is yet to come finish Every day that we are given, finish well. For the glory of His name, finish strong. Until the Savior finally calls us home. Give it everything we have, finish well. These are the days to be courageous, bold and full of faith. So wherever He may lead us, whatever it may cost, let the church arise and live the banner of the cross. Finish with. Yeah. 